Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. You baked down a bastard! Where'd you get your sleep? Jesus Christ! One gamba to alley. This is the Dave Duke podcast. Well, 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 how are things? Dave Juke here, and thank you for listening to episode four of the Dave Juke podcast, live from, not the Empire State Building, but Ahlone. Someone pointed out to me last week, actually, today, about last week's episode, yeah, that was 20 minutes of you saying, I'm in the Empire State Building, and they were fucking right. I never listened back to last week's episode, but they were right. I was in the Empire State Building. I just think it's a little bit mad that a Leithra man can record a podcast within the Empire State Building in New York and deliver it to you. I think that is worthy of shouting about. It's something to tell the grandkids about and look back in a few years' time. So thank you for sticking with last week's podcast. Thank you to those who just sent me corporate hand jobs in a message on Instagram with laughing emojis and no other context whatsoever. I really enjoy that. Just pick a phrase from the podcast and send it to me with laughing emojis and a big sound. Great crack. Hashtag corporate hand jobs. Maybe every podcast should have a hashtag at the end of it. But I already know what today's is going to be called. And if you've clicked into this, I think you know what it's going to be called. What it is called. Not what it's going to be. It's already called that. So for those who have dived into this episode and didn't bother with episode three, I am just back from New York City. And why was I in New York City? Because Leitrim were playing a bit of football. They were playing New York in the Connacht Senior Football Championship. And you say, why the fuck did you go to that? Because it's a piss-up. That's why. It's a holiday. It's a holiday to New York, centred around a football game of a football team that I hadn't seen playing for ages. But I'll go to New York to support them. Because there'll be a piss-up a bear, and I'll get to see people that I haven't seen in ages. And I'll meet new people that I haven't even seen at all in the first place. So that's what we done. Me and my friend Kieran, we headed to New York City. And the last time I talked to you, we were going to Lewis Capaldi at Radio City Hall on Thursday night in New York. And it was fucking class. Lewis Capaldi came out and done some comedy. 
he sounds amazing live. And then he went for a piss, or so he said, and then he brought on the Jonas Brothers. And the place went mental. Absolutely insane. It must have been what it was like the Pope coming to knock in 1979 in Ireland. People were fainting. People were crying, mostly women. People were shifting. I'm surprised I didn't see a baby being conceived when the Jonas Brothers came on stage in New York City. It was fierce crack. So we got up early Friday morning and we headed for J.P. Clark's Yonkers in New York City. McLean Avenue, to be specific. And if you know nothing about McLean Avenue, then you are a club of money. You are in a club of money. It is just one street in this place in New York that is full of Irish things. So Irish bars. There's a restaurant called the Irish Coffee House. I think there might be the Irish Bagel Store. It's just all Irish people who have decided this is our avenue in this particular part of New York. We're taking over. You know, Chinatown and Little Italy. This truly is Little Ireland. We had a taxi driver from Puerto Rico and he was telling me, oh, you have some day for Paddy? Yeah, St. Patrick's Day. It was crazy here, he said in his Puerto Rican accent. Don't believe me? You're going to have to go with me. And we went to the Leitrim game and New York created history by winning their first ever, ever, Connick Senior Football Championship game and it had to be against us fuckers from Leitrim 2-0 on penalties thrust Leitrim to go to New York and lose for the first ever time to New York in a Connick Senior Football Championship match and not to lose it in extra time or a normal time with a last gasp goal or a beautiful pint over the left foot no 2-0 on penalties I'm not embarrassed. I've said this already. Because to be embarrassed is to be ashamed of your team. And I am not ashamed of my team. Those lads who represent Leitrim deserve far more respect than fuckers from Dublin and Kerry but all Ireland's. Because nobody signs up to play Leitrim football for the glory. No. They sign up to Leitrim football for the love of football and for the love of their county. That is all I will say on Leitrim football for now. On Friday, the reason why we were going out to J.P. Clark's, they are the official sponsors of Leitrim GAA, was to do the show from the pub. So the pub opened at 10 o'clock in the morning. I started my show at 10 o'clock in the morning. That is David Fnull on iRadio, Monday to Friday, 3 to 6. And the pub started filling up from 10 o'clock. And the crack got going. And by 11, half 11... Um, New York time I was getting worried that nobody could hear me over the noise in Ireland it was boisterous it was only going to get busier but Jesus it was busy for half eleven in the morning there was lads that were going on it early and well there was lads who had been on it and hadn't stopped and was in for the cure well there was the lads who hadn't stopped so they didn't need the cure yet but there was lads who didn't finish late until late and they were in for the cure and the crack got going so we left and we fucked off back to actually we had to check into the Airbnb which was in the Bronx in the ghetto in 
in the ghetto, afraid I'm going to be shot. And this woman came out to meet us. She owned the Airbnb. And she brought us through the basement. And she kept apologising that the front door wasn't working yet because they were doing repairs. They were putting in a bit of concrete. And she'd bring us through the basement and she said the words, Do not worry, we are not going to shoot you. I thought, well, that's very fucking reassuring. I have a bag full of equipment. I have a laptop. I have a roadcaster, which is like a little mixing desk. I had about um, had about four grand worth of equipment in a bag. And we're checking into this Airbnb that we have to walk through the basement to. But you know what? Everyone was sound. Everyone was friendly. I felt more threatened on nights out in this country than I did staying in the Bronx, entering through the basement to an apartment on the sixth floor. Everyone was dead on. Now, of course, you could get stabbed as soon as you go out the door or get shot, but everyone was dead sound, dead on. Changed back to J.P. Clark's in Yonkers and got wrote off. I mean, twisted. And that's what I want to speak about today, is getting the tw- getting twisted, getting wrote off, and the conflict in my head, and the in the days follow, about doing that, getting twisted and wrote off, and getting drunk, and getting merry, and making a show of myself, and smoking fags. That's what I want to talk with you today about. But we do not do that until we hear from these two gentlemen. This was recorded at twenty past one. In the day, out the back of J.P. Clark's in New York. And I don't know if I'd met these two lads before. We definitely crossed paths, maybe in Duns and Carrigan Shannon or, or somewhere along the line. But it was definitely the first time I got to sit down with them and have a chat. And here is how we got on. Introduce yourself. Hi, how's things? Darren McManus here. And... Shane McGrennan, how are you getting on? Two, two town clerks. <laughs> Where did you come from? Well, I came from Drumshambo, County Leitrim. And you came a wee bit further? I did, I was in Australia. <laughs> you, are you telling me you're over in New York from Australia? I did, I came round the back way. <laughs> Is it shorter this time of year? <laughs> there was less traffic anyway. <laughs> I came round I came round the back way, I stopped in Honolulu and I had four fast pints and I kept her at it. <laughs> People listening think you're probably taking the piss, but you did have a stop. Oh, the God, I was through, yeah. Left, uh, left Sydney now and with a bit of a rigmarole, left Sydney and uh, we booked a one-way flight because it was all the finance could expand to and um, got nothing but interrogated the whole way over. I had to book a flight home and we got to Honolulu and um, we had a couple of flash points and we kept her at it and we're here now. <laughs> Why? Why? I'm sure why not <laughs> Can you Mother dear I'm over here I never will be back What keeps me here Is the rake of beer The women And the crash <laughs> we'll, put, we'll put granny off the road In this interview Would you like to agree Or oh, do you have a different I, reason For I, being I, here I, I, He surprised me I'll tell you I was taking a shower Hadn't a clue about anything that was going on I wouldn't be a good man for travelling and I flew over on my own interrogated the whole lot nearly missed my flight was in taking a shower I came out of the shower I says this is uh, that was a great shower he goes was it yeah all of a sudden surprised me out of the blue I pulled the towel off I pulled the towel off 
<laughs> I'll show you the video. <laughs> Thomasina has it on the video. <laughs> is it for Leitrim football or is it for the crack? Well, it's a bit of both. It's uh, Colin Martin says, I love me county. <laughs> Gentlemen, one word about Leitrim. How would you describe it? Best. <laughs> well, uh, sorry, uh, I'll expand it from a word in a sentence or two. Up Leitrim and up Riding. God's country. <laughs> Gentlemen. Creme de la creme. <laughs> Gentlemen, thank you. Best of luck. No bother, Dave. Nice to meet you. Dave, thanks. It's a pleasure. Out the back of J.P. Clark's pub in Yonkers in New York City at 20 past one on Friday, the 10th of April. McGrennan and McManus. And you listen to that and ah, talking shite. None of that happened. Well, I'd done a wee bit of research. Because I'd be a cynical fucker like. I wouldn't believe anyone straight off the bat of them telling me my story. I'd listen attentively. And I'd make a judgement there, and I did with those boys, but to double down and make sure that you believed that I believed, done a bit of research, and yes, there are flights from Sydney that stop in Honolulu for a few hours, and then they go on to New York. And then that night, we met again, and we spent much time looking at Snapchats and stories of stuff the boys have got up to. And I believe every single word they tell me because they have the evidential proof to back it up that they do this crack. And it was great to meet McManus and it was great to meet Shane as well. McGrennan McGrennan and McManus. That's what they they sound like funeral undertakers, the two of them together. Which one would you put first though? McManus and McGrennan? Or McGrennan and McManus? Which one rolls off the tongue better? But that's how the crack went. Friday night, I got wrote off, shit-faced, 007s. Who, what were they? Were the vodka, Prosecco, and orange juice? I wonder, is that something I can Google? Or is it just a New York drink? 007 drink. Um, okay, 007, it's meant to be a cocktail, but it definitely wasn't made like a cocktail on Friday night. Fill a rocks glass with ice and pour over orange juice, orange vodka and orange juice and top up with lemon lime soda. Yes, now I remember. So it was vodka, orange juice topped up with white lemonade. Class bit of gear. Went down too lovely. But on Saturday, the one thing that we had planned the whole trip round, the Leitrim game come up, and I was sick as a dog. Went into the pub on Saturday before the match. The match was at six o'clock, bear in mind. It wasn't like an early match. And anyone who talked to me, I just wanted them to hold me. To just wrap their arms around me and tell me everything's going to be all right, Dave. You're a great fella, Dave. Dave, you done no wrong. No, you didn't make a fucking holy show yourself here last night. No, Dave, you didn't fall on the floor dancing and having the crack. No, Dave, you did not insult anyone. No, Dave, you don't smoke any fags at all. You didn't smoke 20 cigarettes at the back of J.P. Clark's. No, Dave, you done no wrong. You're a great fella. Keep going. That's what I wanted to hear on Saturday because I was in the absolute pits. I enjoyed the game, but I was frozen solid. And the only way I could get through the pain barrier was to keep drinking. Get them into me as quick as I could. Got a big fry 
and then started drinking. No, Big Fry, walk, can of coke, then started drinking. Get back into her now. Get those cigarettes smoked. <laughs> Give me another can of Corona there. Another 20 pack of Melbourne where we go. And I love the crack of the drink. But I am very conflicted by what it does to me. And I have hangovers worse than the next man. I'm not your average hangover. I go into the depths of darkness and I get fierce depressed after a feed of drink. And some people can handle it better than I can. Most people can handle it better than I am. And I have toyed with the last while or over the last while with giving up the drink completely. Tea totaliner. No smoking cigarettes, three pints in. Because there's no pints to begin with. Quit the drink. Stop the drink. Feel better. Look better. Don't be depressed of a Sunday. But it's difficult. Me and the drink are a great partnership when we're on it. But as soon as we stop it, well, that's when the fun stops. That's when the dark thoughts take over. And the anxiety, and not so much heart palpitations, but a bit of quickened breathing. <gasps> I don't know what you, I don't know if you know what it's like to have a panic attack, but they're fucking horrible, and I get them from time to time. I don't get them as bad as, say, depicted on TV, or some people get them, but I really have to fight with my anxiety after a feed of drink. Today, for instance, back at work the first day, and (laughs) I'm an anxious boy. I'm not able to handle the world and everything that comes at me, and I just don't know if the drink is for me. And you might be shouting at the podcast now going, jeez, Dave, you are a soft cunt. You are a soft fucker. Get up your arse and get drinking. But I think this is what our problem is in Ireland. That is the attitude that we have. That anyone who can't handle their drink or doesn't want to drink is called a soft cunt. Rather than maybe examining it and going, hmm, maybe alcohol does have some terrible side effects and maybe it affects affects people worse than others. When I was, and maybe as you get older too, it affects you more and maybe you should cut back on your drinking. But then the crack... Ah, the crack of it loosening you up. You move better. You dance better. It's such a conflict of interest. I have been drinking properly since I've been 16. So that's 14 years of drinking. And when I was 21 or 22, I was smoking a bit of the devil's lettuce. Haven't touched it for years. Don't be running to your radio now going, oh my God, you've got a pot smoker on the air. You must sack him immediately. Fuck off. It's only a bit of weed. 
As long as it's not laced with anything terrible that my brain goes to pot. No pun intended. It's not the worst drug. In my humble opinion. But it has to be handled with care. And when I was 21-22, I would be able to pinpoint the exact date if I really wanted to, but I don't. It's better to be vague in these situations sometimes that someone can't pin something on you. So when I was 21, 22, I had three gigs in a weekend, four days of drinking, vodka and Red Bull, and a bit of weed. And what ended up happening was on the Monday, I had a fucking moose of whitey slash panic attack. And I was going from Bundorn to Ballyshannon to a place called Shannon's Corner because I needed a big feed after smoking a bit of the reefer. And I know the munchies are... What's that word? A stereotype. Well, they were real for me. Jesus, I'd ate your hand off you. I'd ate your fingers after smoking. So I was heading to Shannon's Corner because I knew I'd get a big dinner and it'd be sound. And between Bundoran and Balashannon, you pass Finner Camp. It's the army camp. They're based there. And by the time I was getting there, my breaths were super short. They're like, <gasps> super short. Like, I could not get air into my lungs. I was full sure I was dying. And I knew that if I got to centre in Balashannon, which was about a mile and a half at this stage away that I'd know that i know someone in there. I knew in my heart and soul that there will be someone in there that I know working in that shop and they'll be able to help me. And I abandoned this 97 pink-coloured Corsa right in the doors of Centrum Balashannon. Pure ignorantly, anyone who came out and seen this car part where it was thought, this fucking prick, he is stuck in this doors, these doors. But it was so that I could get into the shop quickly enough. And the first person I met was a girl called Sarah. Absolute star. She's a super nice person. And I'd known her. And she says, Dave, you're right. And she was laughing at me. Because she thought I was taking the piss. And I says, no. And I conked out on the floor. Clean. Work. Out. Cold. I thought it was dead. I thought the last thing I'd see is the turkey and ham sandwiches in the fridge. I thought it was gone. Geez, the last thing you want to see is your friends and family, not fucking packaged sandwiches in Centra and Balashannon. I thought I was done for. Gone. But I woke up. And I was put on a wee stool. And I was given something to drink. And I, bear in mind, I'm still starving. Starving. I was going to get a big dinner in the first place after smoking a bit of weed. So I'm still starving and someone says, can you get, can you get, or sorry, someone asked, could they get me something to eat? And I was like, sausage roll. (laughs) Two minutes earlier, I thought the last thing I would ever see in my life is a packaged turkey and ham sandwich in the fridge. And when I wake up and I know I'm not dying, I wanted a sausage roll. And if only one bite out of the sausage roll and the ambulance men come in and take the fucking sausage roll off me. 
probably best medical practice for a man that was clayed work out on the floor that he's not eating anything in case it's something to do with his stomach so they take the sausage roll off me and I'm put into the back of the ambulance and they hooked me up and I remember saying to the guy in the ambulance am I going to die? and he didn't fucking say no (laughs) I think he said something along the lines of we'll do the best we can Oh, not very reassuring. They took my heart rate and it was something ridiculously low. I, let me look up a normal heartbeat. How a normal heart rate for a man is 60 to 100 beats per minute. I think I was at 30. That was the figure I had in my head before I looked up that up. I should have been dead, like. Should have been dead. So they bundled me into the ambulance, drove to Sligo, went into Sligo General, hooked up again, ECG, all that crack, and rang mum and told her what had happened. And I made a promise to her. That night, that, uh, or that day, that I wouldn't smoke weed again, and I haven't. For two reasons. Number one, because I love my mother dearly, and I made a promise to her. And number two, I'm fucking terrified of it. After what had happened, and the panic attack, and the body giving up after days of drinking and smoking, I would be afraid of the effect, effect that weed would have on me. And I love the smell of it. I would run on the smell of weed. Sometimes when a bottle of Heineken cracks open and it smells like weed, I'm delighted. I don't give out. I think it's amazing. But I haven't gone back near it. Also, when I was smoking a bit in college, God, it was awfully hard to get up the next day. And I've seen what it's done to people. It's fried people's brains. That's like something your teetotaler uncle would say. Oh, it's fucking freedom. I've seen it firsthand, the effect that drugs can have on people, whether that's weed or ecstasy or ketamine or MDMA or cocaine, which is just absolutely everywhere. Sometimes I lament that I don't take cocaine because I feel I'd have more friends if I took it. But then I'm like, I don't want to take cocaine. I'm perfectly okay. I feel my heart is sensitive enough as it is. I don't want to go in it like the clappers at four, five, six, seven o'clock in the morning. No, thank you, cocaine. Not just yet. We're quite okay for cocaine here. I think I'm fucking mad enough without cocaine. Colombian marching powder. No, thank you. So to bring you up to speed, since that collapse, that whitey, that massive panic attack, my anxiety fluctuates up and down exercise helps it go down drink alcohol does not help it go down at the time yes in the subsequent days no so my drink of choice used to be pints pints of Heineken pints of Carlsberg you know pints of beer and then it would be vodka and white And then I went to pints only, no shorts, and now I drink bottles. 
bottle of Heineken. If you drink enough of them, they give you the shites. So now I'm a bottle of Corona as my drink of choice. And rarely, rarely do I go outside of those perimeters. Maybe an odd shot of Baby Guinness. Maybe an odd shot of tequila. Never Sambuca. Fuck Sambuca. I hate licorice. Tequila Rose. Beautiful. Yeah, lovely. But rarely will I step outside the perimeters of Corona bottles, Heineken bottles, 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 bottles. But I did on Friday night. And my anxiety has been bad because of it. And this is why I'm sussing out a life without drink. And I don't know if I have the inner strength to do it. And maybe you're a teetotaler. Maybe you're a recovering alcoholic. There are many different people that listen to this podcast. There's someone who even listens to this in Switzerland. Hello. Maybe you're someone who enjoys the drink. Maybe you go on it five nights out of the seven. I just can't fucking do that anymore. And it saddens me that 16-year-old me is looking at 30-year-old me thinking, you're soft, cunt. (laughs) You have a job. You have an income. Why aren't you out on it? It's because I can't. I can't do it from my own head, from my own mind. So realistically, Dave, why don't you do it? I feel it's super tough to not drink as an Irish man. Everything we do is revolving around alcohol of some sort. If I was to do a live podcast, it'd be a piss up. If Leithram plays New York in a Connacht Senior Football Championship game in New York, it's a piss up. Comedy geek, piss up band playing in the local hall well Jesus the better be a bar so many things revolves around drink and then it's hard to meet people without a drink hey let's go for a coffee I don't drink coffee hey let's go for a rake of pints 24 baby Guinnesses a takeaway after and 3 days of depression sound I'm fucking in (laughs) I don't drink coffee, but I love depression. That is what alcohol does to me. Now, I love coffee too, by the way. I'm just making an anecdote. Also, I hate to say it, but I feel I am at least 10% better as a DJ if I'm drinking, which is a super dangerous thought to have. But let me give me some of the logic. When I'm sober... I'm not on the same level as you are if you're in the crowd. Some people can buzz of not drinking. I am not one of them. Most of us aren't. I feel to truly get in the groove of a night as a DJ, I have to have a few drinks in me. And I fear that if I quit drinking completely, not that I will become a shit DJ, but that I won't be as good of a DJ if I don't drink. Is that a stupid thought to have? Is that silly? Have you listened to that now and thought, what a fucking idiot? Or, hmm, you know what? I think he might have a pint. A pint or a point? Hmm. So that's where I'm at with the drink. I fucking love it. I would have never got the ride if it wasn't for the drink. How many of us would have got the ride if it wasn't for the drink? 
I've met friends through the drink. I've had some of the greatest nights of my life on the drink. But there comes a point in a man's life, or a woman's life, or a dem's life, that you start to weigh up the pros and the cons of something that has given you so much joy. And I'm currently there with the drink. Maybe I should drink more in moderation. But a doctor's moderation and an Irish man or woman's moderation are two completely different things. Oh, you shouldn't binge drink when you go out. Well, what the fuck else are you out for? Maybe you should go out for two or three pints. Well, that's only teasing a man. I'm not going out unless I can drink six to eight pints slash bottles immediately. And even then I'm like, why am I hungover? I only had six bottles last night, two pints of baby Guinness, <laughs> four shots of tequila and seven Sambuca. Why am I hungover? I shouldn't be hungover. And some people think oh, I'm being a dry shite or I don't want to meet them. I just, I have enough hangovers in my life. I don't know what to do. Maybe I need a drink after this podcast. Maybe I should have never stopped drinking in New York. So that's me and the drink. Will I knock it on the head? Probably not. Am I happy to have a discussion with you about the backs and forts and crack and shite that the drink gives me? Yes, because I think it's a conversation really worth having. And perhaps you have had this conversation with yourself already. Maybe you're starting out in your drinking career and everything is dandy. And you can drink to five o'clock in the morning, but you are still in for your seven o'clock shift and you are flaking it, flying it, not a bother on you. Depends what stage you are in your drinking life. What do you think of this podcast? It depends if you're a drinker at all. But as always, I would love to hear your feedback. Your thoughts. And with that, some of your questions. I'm going to answer three questions each week. And if there are more than three really, really, really good questions, I'll answer more. But for now, we'll start with this one. This one comes from Rad Don Burkett. Who is your favourite cur- 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 courier? I would have to say of all the couriers, I like DPD the best. I just feel that the DPD shouts a standard to me. I don't get that off Fastway. I feel Fastway would fuck your parcel at your dog and hope for the best, whereas DPD would go the extra mile. They would knock on the door. They'd fill out the wee slip and put it through the letterbox. And even after doing that, they'd wait for another few seconds to make sure that you weren't in the shower or having a shite and they'd come down and they'd open the door and you'd still be there with your parcel. I feel that's DPD. So up DPD. And thank you very much for your question, Rad Don Burkett. Question two. Is it hard getting the ride being from Leithram? Donal, thank you very much for your question. Let me answer it as a taken man. I don't know. But I do have a theory. That it could be a little bit more difficult for a Leithram man to get the ride. Not because he's just from Leithram and people turn their noses up at that. I think the nature and the geographical nature of Leithram 
might make a litre man a little bit more agricultural than the next sophisticated fellow from South Kildare with a house in Maynooth. A Paul Meskel type, per se. Sure, that man was cleaning up ever before he was on the screen. Whereas, for instance, a man of the same look and talent and calibre as Paul Meskel, but from Leitrim, would be a little bit more agricultural in his chat to a fair lady. And we're going just with straight relationships. And I don't want you to take me up wrong that I'm being dissensitive, leaving out gay relationships. It's just I don't understand enough because I'm a straight man. And if a straight man tried to talk about a homosexual relationship, you'd be on Twitter going, what the fuck would you know? And I don't know. But I will talk about what I do know is a straight man with book cut jeans trying to get with a woman. I feel the chat is a little bit more agricultural from a country rural male than it is from a suburban male. We would come out with chat up lines as, well, how are you getting on? Is it eight in the leg yeah? <laughs> Can I ride you? I feel we'd be more inclined to say, how would you like to be buried with my people? Do you have any road frontage? I feel we'd be more inclined to say those words than read some French poetry. So that is my theory on why it might be difficult for a litre man to get the ride. More difficult. But they can do it, they have done it and they will do it again. Litrum abu, up litrum, up riding. If you can get it, consensually. And the final question we'll do for today comes from Nicole. Eyeballs for nipples or nipples for eyeballs? I'm going to have to go with nipples for eyeballs. No, eyeballs for nipples. But what happens to your eyeballs when your nipples become eyeballs? Do you have two sets of eyeballs? Do you have four eyeballs? Nicole, please clarify. But thank you for your question. That rounds up today's episode of the Dave Duke podcast. Fuck, we got deep about drink. So we did. Look forward to your thoughts. Look forward to being called a soft cunt. And feedback always welcome. Mr. Dave Duke on Instagram. Thank you so much for all the five-star reviews that this podcast has got. It really helps with the algorithm to push it in front of more eyes, which pushes it on front of more ears. So tell a mate. Maybe the next time a podcast comes up in conversation, you chirp up and go, what about that Dave Duke fucker with a podcast? And they'd be like, who's that Dave Duke fucker? And then they're listening. And then they're part of the show. And they're a fan. And we love all each other very much. So thank you for spreading the word. Thank you for the good reviews. Thank you for all your feedback. Thank you for listening. From me, Dave Duke, to you. Take it, savage. (laughs) Handy. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale, starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.